0: Who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group. Text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and welcome back to the Monday edition of John Solomon Reports. I hope your weekend was great. I hope you stored up some energy because guess what? You're going to have to buckle your seatbelt in a second. Returning to the show today is my good friend and one of the most important national security thinkers in the country right now when it comes to homeland security, the border. John Zadrozny is joining us. He's the former... Homeland Security Advisor at the White House under Donald Trump. Really one of the most important thinkers about the border, about immigration, about security, about terrorism, about protecting the homeland. He gives it to you straight. And we're going to spend the whole show with him here today talking about some pretty amazing things. And let me just prepare you as we go to, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll get right to John, but just think about this. You're going to hear this directly from John. In a couple of minutes, you've heard about the Yemeni connected man who was tied to terrorism that almost got across the border. He was wearing a paramedics jacket from New York State. A lot of concerns about the modus operandi change, terrorists trying to sneak in the back door with our big open border. You also heard about the synagogue hostage taker, the man who was killed last weekend. And those are big security concerns. You go, wow, you know, that, this is why we got to pay attention. Why an open border is not a great idea. Well, I got another one for you. John is going to walk you through this in a second. You ready for this? There are illegal immigrants being put on planes today. And we've walked you through some of the tactics that the government and nonprofits are using to get these people across the country when they don't have the proper IDs that you and I are required to have when we get on a plane. But here's one that'll be a kicker. You may or may not believe us, but this is true. Homeland Security, Transportation Security Administration is now allowing illegal immigrants who don't have the proper form of ID to use their arrest warrant their warrants saying you should be arrested for being illegally in the country, rounded up and sent out. They're using that as a form of identification to let you get on the plane and get to the interior of the country. I'm not making this up. John Zadrozny is going to walk us through that in just a few minutes. That's why you want to stay tuned. We'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, one of the great homeland security experts in our country, John Zadrozny, joins us in just a second. who shares your love for our great nation. Don't miss out on this chance to make a difference from AMAC. Join today at amac.us slash just news. That's amac.us slash and extend the invitation to a friend or family member for free. What a great opportunity. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day. And I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. All right, folks, welcome back from the commercial break. I'm so excited to have this next guest on. Every time he comes on, we learn something really valuable about our security, about our border, about our security posture. Joining me right now is the current director of America First. Uh, Policy Institute Center for Homeland Security and Immigration. Before that, a key advisor on all things homeland security to President Trump. And before that, Senator Ted Cruz and others in Congress. Joining me right now, my good friend, John Zadrosny. John, good to have you back on. Hey, John, it's great to be back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. And um I uh, you just before we got on air here, you pointed out something that literally knocked me over. You could knock me over with a feather after I saw this, but I want to get your reaction to it. The TSA is now allowing illegal migrants who don't have the IDs that you and I would need to get on a flight to use their arrest warrants as a form of ID. Uh, is that true? And what's your reaction to it?
1: John, it appears to be true. And, and you really can't make this stuff up. And it's, it's tragic in so many ways. I mean, in some ways, To me, it's one of the most dangerous things we've heard in a time of dangerous things. You literally have a federal agency saying, we are so desperate to let illegal aliens travel about the country and have the ability to do what they want, that we'll let them use an arrest warrant to board a plane. Now, I think about that on several levels. That's insane. First of all, you and I couldn't do that. That's right. Not not that I also wouldn't be stupid enough if I had an arrest warrant out to use it as a means (laughs) to get on a plane Uh, because I'm pretty sure they'd call law enforcement. But like the idea that somehow that's a viable ID. um, Also, it raises the question, why isn't TSA calling law enforcement to have someone who presents an arrest warrant picked up? Um, What have they done? (laughs) Are they violent people? Do they have criminal records that are of concern? Do they have weapons? Do they get screened the same way we did? Maybe their screening process is different too. Uh, it's, It's just insane. But it's also in keeping with this administration's forced forced decline on immigration enforcement and just general intent to glut the border. Uh, They don't really have any interest in security and so we can have a theoretical conversation about what our immigration should look like, what legislation we need to pass. This isn't that. This is just a total abdication on the public safety obligation of the federal government to make sure dangerous people aren't traveling in our airwaves.
0: It's just stunning. And when you, you know, we had uh, Congressman Gooden on the show about a month, month and a half ago, and we went through this little packet that the US government and the nonprofits work. They get basically a, a Disney cruise concierge package uh, after you illegally cross our border. Uh, you get a lawyer, you get a letter to the TSA saying, letting this person come on. Uh, and you just have to, wait. I mean, this to me, if this was the Sonola cartel, we would be charging them with human trafficking, but, but because it's our government and the nonprofits that work with them, they, there seems to be no consequence. Is this a form of human trafficking, what you're seeing?
1: It absolutely is. In fact, I'd go further, John. I would say that and this is something that w- we're trying to get out there in the next few months, which needs to be noticed. This is, after all, Human Trafficking Month, um, that the United States government is subsidizing and facilitating human smuggling and trafficking. You could almost say with complete honesty that the U.S. government is – a taxpayer subsidized final leg of a human trafficking journey for a lot of these people and they're basically collaborating in a business model with the cartels to help them achieve their business success because you couldn't do this without the federal government on this end facilitating their transaction if you take a step back and think about it like a business Customers would be very unhappy if the reality is they're paying all this money to get to the Mexican border, Mexico, U.S. border. And then there's a dead stop because right. our government is doing its job. Right, But off. we don't want to hurt the cartels business. I mean, it might be the only business that's doing well in Joe Biden's America. Um, and so we are helping them facilitate that transaction. In fairness, I will say we had a heck of a time dealing with this in the Trump administration, and still we're not completely successful because there's a small army of people in the federal bureaucracy who are okay with human trafficking for a bunch of different reasons. But yes, we are facilitating that, we are helping it, we are we are making the cartels great again. And uh, the only solution really is people who actually take their public safety obligations seriously.
0: Yeah, it is a stunning moment in history. And just think of that, if you have an arrest warrant as your form of ID, you've done something criminal and yet we're going to say, that's a good reason to go put you on a plane and sit you next to me or my mother, my brother, my sister, whatever. How crazy is that? It is such a stunning, stunning revelation. I want to ask you about some other things about the state of security at the border. You've been one of the great architects of when we've been most secure at the border, how to do things right. There have been two incidents that really, um, I think, caught our attention in the last month. In, uh, I think it was early December, a... A man with suspected ties to Yemeni terrorists, al-Qaeda t- terrorists in Yemen, uh, was stopped at the border, thankfully, by the good work of the Customs and the Border Patrol. But they um, he was wearing an Oneida County, New York paramedics jacket, trying to disguise himself as a first responder, a good guy who should be allowed across the border. It says something about the sophistication of the terrorists trying to get across our border. And then we see this horrible synagogue incident in Texas. Hostages taken, thankfully rescued, but an, almost a near violent incident. And this man, we find out, is a British citizen who got into the country right after Christmas, even though there were 20 years of red flags. Going all the way back to 2001, this guy's been talking about extremist wishes and, and ideology and uh, visions and dreams he had about harming America. What do those two incidents say about our posture, security posture in America right now?
1: Oh, John, they, they're terrifying and they say all bad things. The way I would put it is this. You've got um, the gentleman who basically, like you said, has a long intelligence record. Foreign authorities had flagged, I, I assume flagged for us, um, these issues and or this individual was on our radar in our own capacity. Clearly this guy was someone who shouldn't have been allowed to enter and yet he did. And he was, his. by the way, took those hostages in an attempt to release Afia Siddiqui, who is a major Al-Qaeda operative, was responsible for, was planning, she was, my understanding is she was intricately involved in plots ranging from releasing Ebola in the U.S. to uh, taking down the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, She was convicted of attempted murder for, while being interrogated in the field, trying to steal a rifle and shoot armed service members. Um, She's a horrible person. And this guy went to a temple and held hostages in a temple to try and get her released. Um, And so it's, radical Islam is real. It continues to be real. Pretending it doesn't exist is not going to save anyone's lives. And um, those people who would do us harm in the name of Islam or any other faith for that matter, they know our border is Swiss cheese. And they of course are going to use it. Uh, The gentleman with the Oneida jacket also shows that it's not just, happenstance that people are trying to get in. Who knows if this individual, we don't have access to classified information, was he part of a larger plot? Were there three other guys who crossed over in EMS jackets from other counties across the country that day and they didn't get caught? These, these are problems in isolation. In a time when we were in charge, where people who were responsible for public safety and national security actually took the border threat seriously, I'd have a little more confidence that we were catching all of these people. Uh, Or at least most of them. But it's pretty apparent that in an environment where you have a porous border, where you're inviting a lot of people to come and you're not really interested in who most of them are, statistics dictate that a larger percentage of these dangerous people are going to get through. And so, yeah, I'm glad we caught these individuals. I'm glad we stopped the the shooter at the the synagogue. Um, But the question remains, who has gotten through that we haven't seen? What are they doing? Uh, and the only way to solve this is actually have border security, actually complete the wall, actually empower the border patrol to make arrests, and actually prevent people from entering who shouldn't be entering the country. Right now, John, I believe that we're somewhere, depending on who you believe, between two and 2.5 million entrants into the United States last year. <laughs> That's already on top of the 20 to 30 million likely illegal aliens who were here pre-Biden. So, yeah. um, unless we start taking this seriously, we're going to see things along those lines continue. If you recall. Uh, we had one major radical Islamist terrorist attack, uh, per year during Obama's eight years. There were eight of them. And, uh, Joe Biden's behind the curve. He's got to catch up. So this was the first and we'll see how many more we see. I hope we don't see any, but I'm worried that we will.
0: Yeah. It's a great fear. No matter uh, almost every security expert I've talked to in the last three or four months has that really heavy pit in their stomach that, um, we've allowed enough lucis in the system that something bad is going to happen. And, uh, that would be a tragedy after all the gains that we've made in security and all the learnings we've gotten since 9-11. Uh, it's hopefully something that doesn't happen, but the worry seems to be growing. I want to take you to another worry. We have been suffering for quite some time with the supply chain uh, shortage. Uh, President Biden tried to make light of it yesterday, but you go to a store and you see empty shelves, you you know there's a supply chain shortage. Uh, This weekend, the uh, Homeland Security implemented a new provision uh, that requires all truckers bringing food across from Mexico to have proof of vaccination. Now, they don't have the same requirement for those illegal immigrants that they're putting on the plane next to you, but uh, they are requiring this of the truckers. Any concern that that provision is going to exacerbate shortages, uh, reduce the number of truckers who can bring food into the United States? What's your outlook on that?
1: I mean, the answer, John, is absolutely it's going to impact things in a bad way. And it's really remarkable to me uh, how, how the, the lack of outrage of Joe Biden's uh, Sovietization of our supermarkets and our economy. Uh, like, I, I've never seen anything like this other than in video footage of the Soviet Union yeah, <laughs> uh, where you walk into a store. Yeah. It, and I, I really, to me, what, what I get worried about is it seems like, in keeping with the theme of everything we've seen, not being some sort of keystone cops disaster but intentional i do think this is intentional i think there's a desire to have people more dependent i think there is a a desire to have a weaker economy so people turn to government for a paycheck um and the the whole issue of truckers being required to be vaccinated when we have illegal aliens with god knows what and arrest warrants on planes i mean u.s citizens are officially second-class citizens in joe biden's america and i'm just i i I know there's outrage among many people. I just wish there was more of it. It's amazing to me that there isn't, um, and I can't imagine that this is something that's going to be well received. I mean, I think the, in the grand scheme of things, I think this is all going to catch up with the Democrat Party here and Joe Biden and the Biden yeah, administration.
0: It seems um, as though it but
1: may it really be is already. We just we we need no. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But yeah. it really comes down to like we are unsafe and we don't have access to goods anymore. And it it's amazing how quickly the things we thought. We had could slip away it's like reagan's quote um uh, and i'm going I don't have the exact quote in my head, I should have had it, but basically where he says, you know we're only one generation away from losing all that we've got, and we're there now, and we have to fight like heck to make sure that we don't lose it
0: yeah, such a very important lesson we've got to remember that every day the 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 laissez fair nature of this administration seems to be a russian roulette wheel there that could at any moment blow up um there was some really interesting data released by syracuse university's transactional records access clearinghouse that's a group i've worked with for many years they just gather data and analyze it and make it available to journalists and this is what they found a record 1.6 million people are now caught up in a backlog in the u.s immigration court meeting they're in the country but their cases have no chance of being heard anytime soon. So the idea that we're gonna deport a lot of people is decreasing because the backlog just keeps getting better and bigger and bigger and bigger. But here's the big thing, there's a lot of rhetoric. And and one of the things that DHS said last fall is, hey, don't worry, we're changing our priorities for immigration enforcement. And we're gonna try to arrest those immigrants that pose the greatest threat to our national security, public safety, and border security. So it sounded great when they said it, well, maybe they're gonna get on the, the the schneid here and actually do something. But what the, what the track center found was that only 1% of the cases brought by ICE after they made that announcement involved anyone with suspected or alleged criminal activity. In, in other words, they weren't focused on the national security, public safety, and border security threats. This um, this backlog, this inability to get the people who are potentially most threatening to our security or safety, uh, is it how big a crisis has this administration created on this front?
1: Well, uh, John, you know I think uh, maybe the FBI and DHS are just too busy tracking down domestic terrorists at yeah. uh, school board meetings to yeah. focus on uh, radical Islam and counterterrorism. Uh, and uh, on the on the arrests. Um, there are two problems here. One is that you're right, when you when you create a program that basically limits, uh, like hyper limits what the ICE agents can do in terms of enforcement, you're really preventing them from enforcing the law at all because they're not really, it's it's like in the Obama administration, they had what they called the Priority Enforcement Program. It was basically the same thing where they said, we're going to focus ISIS enforcement efforts on the most dangerous people. But the reality is what they actually did was they just Uh, made so much bureaucracy on top of the ice agents discretionary authorities that you had to get five approvals from supervisors. And then you had to talk to the head of the agency. And by the time you've gone through all of those loops, you're basically not able to remove anyone. And, uh, Whereas most of the time, the ICE agents, they'll conduct operations, they'll, they'll stumble upon someone who might be illegally in the country, and then they'll discover they have a criminal record. The, the discretionary authority they have, the flexibility they have to encounter people who should be removed, who might be dangerous, is basically killed when you have to go through all those layers. And what it eventually does is it just crushes initiative. And ICE agents are just not going to get crosswise with their yep. leadership, which doesn't actually want them to it's do their not job. not worth all the and,
0: aggravation and the risk that it might involve.
1: Correct. And I know I have gotten to know some really good men and women in the uh, Department of Homeland Security, particularly in ICE. Uh, They all want to do their job. The the political leadership at the top, and I I say this respectfully, but it wasn't just theirs. It was some of the people that we put in leadership positions were perfectly comfortable uh, not doing as much as they should. And we found the rank and file, though, they want to do their jobs. They want dangerous people removed. Um, and ICE has a lot of other issues, but when you start layering bureaucracy on top of that, you're just never going to get anyone removed. But that's what they want. They don't want anyone removed. They want a critical mass for amnesty, John, come hell or high water.
0: Yep, that's exactly what they're building, and and that may come with a heavy, heavy security cost, God forbid. Um, one of the great things about the America First Policy Institute is that you don't only highlight problems. You guys are always building policy solutions so that there's something in place. Republicans have a good chance of taking the Congress back. Uh, My last question to you is, what can a Republican Congress with a Democratic president potentially do to try to resolve some of these security and immigration issues that are posing such a great weight of concern in America? I know you've been thinking through a lot of solutions and you put a lot of great ones in place when you were working with President Trump.
1: Well, there's a lot that could be done. I mean, well, one thing I would recommend for any any congressman out there who wants to make a dent, but for what it's worth, we have been working with some on the side who are very interested and in already pushing in good directions. But um, for those who are interested, there's a lot of stuff that we did at the regulatory level that Um, We did because we had no choice because we weren't able to get new legislation to fix things, but we believed we could fix things with regulations. Honestly, one of the easiest things a member could do that who wants to make a difference is go take a look at some of those regs and just codify them, put them into bills. Everything from Remain in Mexico to Safe Third Country is worth putting into place. And Anything that will basically make it clear you can't come in unless you have a valid asylum claim and we're just not going to let you in just because you show up uh, will make a dent in the volume issue. Um, I, I think... Congress should also, This might sound counterintuitive, but I think one of the things they could do is find a way to empower states to conduct enforcement yep. um, under the auspices of federal law through an interstate compact or something, because I think that's actually a one way to sort of depoliticize enforcement when you take it away from the ability of a, an alley majorcas to walk in and say, okay, everybody stand down. You can't do that when there's an interstate compact that for example, let states enforce immigration law, collect DNA information and share it with the FBI and so on. Um, there's, the problem is there are too many things to do, but a good start is just making sure that Congress takes as much, assuming there's a Republican Congress starting in 2023, pass all of these things and shove them down the president's throat and force him to veto them and use it in the future. I mean, I have no delusions that Joe Biden would sign any of this. Right. Right? But it's, it's a good time to work the bugs out of good ideas and build coalitions and push toward 24.
0: Yeah, it uh, wasn't that long ago, back in the early 2000s, Joe Biden talked about the border as a security risk, and he was on the right side of a lot of these issues. And it's amazing how captive he's become to a small vocal minority in his party today. And that contrast is, is amazing. I go back 10, 15 years, and Joe Biden talked an entirely different game when it came to the border. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. John, real quickly, how do people follow the good work that you're doing at AFPI?
1: Well, thank you, John. Uh, We are, uh, if you want to come check us out, uh, again, I'm the director of the Center for Homeland Security and Immigration, and uh, I work with other wonderful people who cover everything from election integrity to foreign policy and everything in between. Um, We are at AmericaFirstPolicy.com,
0: AmericaFirstPolicy.com. Please come over and check us out. All right, John. It's always an honor to have you on this program. We always learn so much about what's right and wrong and how we can fix it, and uh, I just love having you on the show. I'm sure we're going to get you back real soon.
1: Thanks for having me, John. Uh, Have me on, John. Take care.
0: All right, sir. Have a good one. Folks, we're going to take a commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up for the day. (laughs) Folks, if you owe back taxes, fair warning, you're not going to like this. The IRS is mailing millions of pay-up letters. Millions, I say. IRS penalty canceling offer. To do so, call 1-800-245-6000. That's 1-800-245-6000 or visit tnusa.com/justnews. That's tnusa.com/justnews. Folks financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around 6 rate cuts by the Fed this year and then the inflation data came out Friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text just news to 989898 98 98 right now. All right, folks, how about that? What a show. So glad John could join us today. I think you learned a lot. I can't get over. I'm still thinking about really, I, I'm still thinking about the idea that. A legal immigrant can present to a TSA officer to get on a plane a document that says arrest me. I'm illegally here. I should be deported from the country. How insane have things gotten in this country? If you don't like that, talk to your member of Congress, talk to your senator. Something has to be done to change this system because we're going to wake up one day like we did last Saturday into Sunday and see a tragic event unfold before our eyes like we did in the Dallas-Fort Worth area when that gentleman, that British citizen with a 20-year history of terrorism and extremism concerns in Britain, in America, got into the country, took a rabbi and his congregation hostage, and it nearly ended with incredibly tragic circumstances. Fortunately, the hostages weren't harmed, though the man himself was killed We're going to have more of those unless we get this border immigration security system better in place. I think that's the message I took from John Zadrosny today. Hope you did, too. All right, folks, that wraps it up. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition. John Solomon reports. Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out.